What is going on, FA Nation? My name is Justin Fensterman, along with Ryan Hallam and James Grande. It's time to hang with the family. The Family Times podcast, getting you ready for your fantasy football drafts and also making sure you're in tune and in line to win not just in football, but everything beyond. Guys, what's going on? Ryan Hallam, speaking of winning... I'm not winning in Fantasy Big Brother right now. Let me tell you, with five episodes a week, man, I don't know how the hell you can keep up with it, man. But I'm bringing up the rear there. But I just I give a tip of the cat to you for making a Big Brother Fantasy League for us. Yeah, you are lagging well behind. And I'm right there with you in my league. Uh, I'm down to one person left already. Uh, so I am not winning either. Uh, you know, this is our rookie our rookie go at it. I think we'll be better. And of course, Survivor's a month away. So we'll, that, that's our game. Grande, you ever watch Big Brother at all? Uh, only because the uh, the missus and the family like it. Uh, I briefly watched the celebrity one. I don't know when that was, like two years ago or something. There was a celebrity Big Brother and I thought it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's that's a that's a good way to put it. It's fine. It's just they they really stretch it out big time when it comes to the episodes. I didn't realize it'd be like a multi-episode week commitment. But you know what else is a big commitment? Maybe as big of a commitment as following Big Brother, following ADP trends when it comes to fantasy football, guys. Because we have drafts. I've got the ADP TV series on FantasyAlarm.com. And as it gets closer to the season, player movement, it happens more frequently than you think, even a week. I mean, guys, we're coming off a preseason game as we record on Tuesday here. We're coming off a preseason game where we had Travis Etienne get hurt, Adam Troutman get hurt. I mean, dude, injuries are just going to happen. But at the end of the day, it's all about just staying in the game even when you lose a cornerstone at the start. I mean, Grande, have you ever lost a cornerstone early in your fantasy football season? Um, I'm sure. Uh, off the top of my head, I'm not sure if... Uh, let's see. Cornerstone... I don't know. Not off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's happened. I mean, we've all played fantasy for, you know, dec- you guys have de- decades, plural. Uh, because you know age and old gray hairs and all that stuff, but stop um, making sure, fun sure, of me. Uh, oh no, that, I mean it was more you know it was fifty-fifty split between the two. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I've lost a cornerstone. Uh, I'm anti preseason, so like I'm ready to just start week one. Uh, in general, like I, I think preseason sucks in general. What do you think, Ryan? Do you like preseason or no? Uh, no, but I understand that it, it's. It's needed. Uh, we saw last year when there was no preseason, I thought the first few weeks were really sloppy. I think we saw more injuries than normal last year that I think no preseason may have contributed to. Uh, I do like that they knocked it down to three weeks. I would be okay if they even knocked it down to two. Um, and we haven't seen, you know, seen like you said, there was a few injuries last night. There hasn't been right. like a, 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 you know, a team breaker yet uh, and hopefully you know we have one more week hopefully we get through without that you know Carson once was a big one but that was even in practice before preseason started uh, but now it looks like he might be even playing the first <laughs> game so uh you know there there hasn't been like the big huge one that came makers I guess but that was also before preseason started um so it hasn't been too too bad uh, and we'll see what happens with ETM what his his timeline turns out to be yep something else we got to focus on right now 
position battles. And Ryan, something that I was mentioning on Sirius XM, and I was talking you up a little bit because you came on alarm after hours multiple times and said, you still think it's going to be Jimmy G. Well, where we're at right now, we're still kind of uncertain who's going to be the quarterback. You're not, you still, you're for sure it's Jimmy G. Or 100%. Yeah, 100%. To start week one, absolutely. Uh, I know Lance has done pretty well. He threw a couple touchdowns. Jimmy's been, but I, I think even Shanahan said after the game, it wasn't any change to the plan. Uh, you know, Lance is obviously going to get time with the ones because, you know, I think we all expect him to start at some point this season. Uh, but I still 100% feel Jimmy Garoppolo is under center against the Lions. What do you think, James? I mean, have you been following this along? Are you interested when it comes to fantasy in some of those 49ers options? I mean, it's hard not to like the options surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just, can Jimmy Garoppolo deliver them the football, I guess, enough to, to, because they're all, I mean, when you talk about the pass catching options, Samuel Ayuk Kittle all going, what, before the sixth, seventh, right? Right. So does it justify the ADP with Jimmy G? I think you're drafting them. So what, San Francisco week six by, right? So I guess you have to think like, if they're what two and four going into or two and three going into week six, is is Trey Lance the quarterback week seven? Absolutely. So I think that plays into I think drafting the 49ers. Like you are drafting them with the expectation that Lance is the quarterback. And will he, I guess, deliver the football like he has been in the preseason? I think you can draft them. Um I haven't gone on my way to to reach on any of their weapons, but um I do think they're very appealing. I, I do think Debo Samuel uh, is a is a star. And I think Ayuk's 2021 kind of made us forget how good Debo is because he was out. But and, and same with Kittle. I think there's positive touchdown regression coming for Kittle. He's never been – he doesn't score, which is weird. Um, so I like their weapons. I like them better with Lance. I guess it depends on how the Niners are playing going into that, to that bye week. Like if they're five and – or if they're – Four and one is Jimmy Garoppolo the quarterback week seven. Absolutely. If they're if they're four and one, Jimmy Garoppolo might be the quarterback the entire season. Uh, I, I think there's a scenario if he plays well, if he plays like he did in 2019 when they went to the Super Bowl, that he starts all year long. Not that, likely, not likely, but I think that's possible. Does that hurt their value? You I think, don't think like, so. I mean, he threw, he threw for 3,900 yards and, and like 30 touchdowns in 2019. I mean, he he wasn't a terrible fantasy quarterback. Uh, the year they went to the Super Bowl, uh, he didn't play what great in the first game, and then he sprained his ankle against the Jets in week two. He right. came back too soon, and then was never the same guy. And, and so, I mean, it it all depends on how he comes out. Now, I know he hasn't been fantastic, but I mean, he hasn't been terrible. The interception he threw, I felt it was a ball that should have been caught. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, and, you know, they get off to a nice start with the Lions, and I believe I off the top of my head, I can't remember who they play in week two, but I think it's another fairly easy one. Um, so, uh, you know, if they get off to a good start, I think they're, it's, it's an unlikely scenario. He starts all year. Uh, but I think if he's playing well, I, I think that there's a, a definitely a chance. I don't know that they'll do a Dolphins thing last year when they're going towards the playoffs and all of a sudden switch to, <laughs> switch to Tua. I, I just can't yeah. see them doing that when they were just in the Super Bowl two years ago. So it all depends to me on Garoppolo's health and Garoppolo's play for how long he's the quarterback. And, and that's why he's hard to draft because, you know, I think the expectation is he doesn't play the whole season. So either you're handcuffing a second quarterback in a super flex league or, you know, obviously he's not an option in a one quarterback league. So, uh, you know, 
it is weird that the the options ADP is so high and he's so wildly right. viewed as mediocre. But I, I think I think there's a, a the view out there that he's terrible. I think is is well overdone. At Philly week two, by the way, that's that's yeah, their second that's, game. That's not a great defense. So I think that's a you know a game where they could score some points. I I think they're drafted because of Lance, right? It's more. When, because like you said, the expectation is Lance takes over, so they're drafted more on the premise that, like, all right, Trey Lance takes over in week whatever it is. Presumably, I think that the safe bet would be week seven when they come back from the bye. Um, I could see two and two and three Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona, those three, three through five. So if they're two and three, go to Lance, and then that's when the value of those pass catchers are probably seen at its highest we've made green bay our daddy or uh, a couple times recently so i was worried okay. about that one but yeah i mean and you know as much as i'm a fan and i, I really like the kid and i you know obviously i hope that he really succeeds the the narrative on lance online is also completely out of control i mean everyone is declaring him <laughs> the league winner of your draft Right, uh, you right. have to come out of your draft with him. And, like, the guy's played one game in two years at North Dakota State. <laughs> Granted, he look, he's, his talent is, is raw but mesmerizing. But, man, people are people are really putting a lot of stock into this kid. And uh, even as a 49er fan, I don't have this much of expectations as I see online. It, it, it's, it has spiraled down the hill so far, I don't understand how it got there. I mean, he's thrown touchdown passes against – just you know, second string defenses, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I gotta be honest. I mean, they weren't all you know the great passes. The, the crossing route was okay. The first the first game, the touchdown was a wobbler. Right. The you know the guy got in the open. Field. Yeah. I, I, man, it's it's a it's a snowball like the Grinch stole Christmas when all the presents are going back to Whoville. I, I did it, it, <laughs> to me. It's a little crazy. Well, speaking of stock guys, what's that? Lightning in a bottle, like Herbert last year. You know, I yeah. hope so. Yeah, I mean, God, that would be the greatest thing for me. I, obviously, <laughs> he's a fan of the team, but I just, I am not that confident uh, that he's that he's just going to all of a sudden just come in and be this great thing. But I, I hope to God he is. I'm looking at some ADPs right now, guys, and I'm seeing Kittle going on average over the last couple of days, last week, in the middle of the third round. Brandon Ayuk is going in the fifth round, then in the sixth round, Trey Sermon's going, and shortly after that, Raheem Mostert, and then. Also, a few picks after that, Debo Samuel is also going. So I got to ask you guys this. When it comes to this run game, Mostert with his health, Sermon, do you guys have a lean one way or another? Are you planning on staying away? Because right now I have one share of Mostert, but I'm starting to feel like for the most part, I don't know what the hell to expect. We've been playing this running back game with San Francisco for the last couple of years, and now I'm kind of shying away, I feel like, more often than not even though that seventh-round value for Mostert is very, very appealing. Rye, where do you stand on this? I've drafted both of them in different leagues. I drafted Mostert actually today in a league. Uh, you know, the health is obviously a concern, but here's the thing. One, I think they both could have some value because San Francisco runs the ball more than almost any team in football. I think Baltimore might probably outruns them and maybe one or two others. And they have a good offensive line, and Shanahan is just a great play caller. He's very creative. He gets guys in space, the misdirections and all that. And, you know, if you give Mostert the turn, goodbye. You know, he's got speed to burn. So uh, he's proven he can do it if he's healthy. 
Uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. And Sermon, I think, is going to probably walk into a pass-catching role pretty much right away because that isn't Mostert's uh, you know, bread and butter. And with Jeff Wilson out, I think there's enough carries for both guys to, to have some value, even if they both stay healthy. Grande, is it worth waiting when it comes to the average draft position? Because something that you've been saying regarding the 49ers, you know, questioning whether or not the value of these players is because of Lance, well, as high as they are, but it's a major difference where Ayuk is going in the fifth round and Debo Samuel, you're looking at a 53 to 79 comparison. Do you see it like that? And that would sway you to wait and draft Samuel? Or are you actively targeting Ayuk, thinking that he's going to hit this value? Sorry, I have to interrupt real quick. I just saw a tweet just came across. Adam Schefter, test revealed today, Jaguars rookie running back Travis Etienne suffered a mild foot sprain that is linked Liz Frank and is now likely to end oh his season. Wow. Gosh. End his season. Wow. That's what it says. I really, I can't wait for all the James Robinson victory laps on injuries. Oh, God, I can't. Uh, it's going to be so glorious to see all these analysts. Be, oh, I told you to draft James Robinson because I knew <laughs> Travis Etienne was going to get hurt. I'm so looking forward to it. So let, let's let's switch it up a little bit here and talk <laughs> about... <laughs> talk yeah, about have to. Have to. All right, so let's talk about James Robinson because over the last week, the guy's been going in the sixth round. He's been one of my favorite values, and now it's going to be ruined because of this injury. Oh, it's ruined. It's ruined. So how how much is this guy going to rise over the next I mean, week or so? Top twenty pick. Top top twenty four pick easily. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. I mean, dude, he was. I mean, you got to think. This is a guy who rushed for over a thousand yards. He caught fifty balls. We now input Golden Boy at quarterback. He's clearly. I mean, Carlos Hyde still exists for whatever reason, you know. But like. Is Carlos Hyde going to suddenly be the person to dethrone James Robinson, who is an elite pass blocker, which has been the case since day one. They said he's a great pass blocker. Um, he clearly, I mean, four point yards or 4.5 yards per carry can catch out of the backfield. We all, there is probably, what, 12, 13, 14 running backs we can trust, right? Right now in fantasy football, if that. James Robinson without Travis Etienne becomes one of those guys. He, there's top 10 potential, I think. We saw that last year. Um, it's really hard not to th- view James Robinson as a top. He's going to go in the middle of the second round. Right? I was just I mean, about but, to ask, do you take him before Clyde Edwards-Alaire at this point? Don't, don't say that. Don't you dare say that too loud, Fancy. You don't want, you don't want the Twitterverse to hear you that you're, you're talking bad about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Hey, man, um, we got to set the standard somewhere, right? I guess I would. So where's Edwards Lair on NFC? He's 14 in August. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm at, seeing him in the last week, Grande. I'm seeing him in the last week. He's at 22 in the last um, week. I, I'm, okay, I'm looking at just running backs. Sorry, I'm looking at just running backs. Um, I see him at. Yeah, okay. I think I would take him in front of Edwards Lair based on. Uh, I, I mean, I think we. James Robinson was forced fed 240 carries in 14 games last year. What is he? Is he not going to get that many this year? Now that ETN's out, he had 300 touches as a rookie. Like, what's our expectation now with no ETN? And that's the thing. I didn't understand why people were downgrading him that much to begin with. It's because why? They got ETN in the first round? That's the only reason? I mean, that's the only reason I was hearing from people. I I just didn't really understand that because I never thought that James Robinson did anything. 
that would warrant him to lose that job. And all of a sudden, you're talking about a guy who we were just talking about being drafted in the sixth round. We're talking about what could be, what, a 40-plus pick difference? 30-plus pick difference here soon enough in the next couple of days of drafts? Just very interesting how everything changes just like that, Ryan. Yeah. That's what I, you know, I didn't want to interrupt the discussion, but I felt like nice. that was a pretty uh, – <laughs> pretty uh you know a big one to to have out there uh, you are the so. discussion ryan who are you drafting <laughs> him before i mean at this point when looking at the situation are you taking james robinson before dobbins montgomery i mean are you taking him before joe mixon potentially definitely joe mixon <laughs> right definitely joe mixon. Joe mixon. <laughs> hate joe mixon i'd I take your newborn daughter before joe mixon but, <laughs> wow uh, that's very nice uh, yeah, I think he's definitely a, a top 15 back. Easy. Uh, I, I just Like you said, we saw him do it last year. The pass blocking, I know no one talk about that, but that keeps your ass on the field. When, you know, and, and I think that was a big part of why I, I still thought he was going to get some run. I drafted him a bunch of times, uh, you know, just figuring that he, the discount was ridiculous of how much he fell. Uh, I think I'd take him over a layer. I'd take him over Mixon. Uh, I I don't think I'm taking him. I'm not taking him over Gibson or, or you know Aaron Jones or one of those guys. What about uh, Najee I Harris? I think I am. I, I don't know. I, I really like Najee Harris. That is very close. Very close. Uh, I think I with with ETN out. I think I, I would probably go with with Ro, with Robinson first. We've seen it. We've seen it before. We haven't seen it with Harris at the end of the day. I think that it's close because I could see both their volume being similar i think um we're gonna see more from robinson through the air though i think he's gonna catch more passes than Najee, and i know Najee is a decent pass catcher but i definitely think robinson's gonna have the edge there so even if Najee harris has more touches in a ppr format or more carries rather in a ppr format i'd probably lean robinson i think they're 12 13 respectively and i don't think there's like a wrong answer for who you put in front of the other I mean, where, do you guys include Barkley when you're giving this number or no? Because, Grande, you said at first when we started talking about this that there are about 14 running backs that you could trust. We can't trust Barkley as part of that list, right? I think you, in like, in best ball you do because, like, that's the upside that he brings you. But in, like, season long, in season one, I'm probably still drafting Barkley ahead of James Robinson, but it's not, it's not, I think, as wide as it would be, obviously. Um, I don't know. Like, if Saquon, it's like Saquon's back at practice, you know, preparing for week one, I know it could be limited, but if he's only limited for one or two games and then he stays healthy, because again, I'm not, isn't, should we be predicting injury? Ever. No, but we can predict limitation, though, I feel like. We can predict limitation, but how – I guess that's the that's the question, right? How long is Saquon Barkley limited for? And then I guess if it's an extended period of time, then, yeah, James Robinson might end up being the better long-term prospect. But if it's one or two games, you know, I'm probably taking Saquon. Um, I know the Giants didn't really improve their offensive line, or, but um, – Talk about a dual threat. That's that's your dual. Threat. What do you that's guys? The 
Oh, I'm sorry, James. My bad. No, 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 no. It's cool. That's the creme, the creme of dual threat options. I like it. What do you guys think about the rest of the Jaguars receiving options? Do you give a little bit more of a look to them? Do, do you think they gain some draft stock with ETN out of the way now? Because I was noticing this, that there are certain receivers that are starting to move up noticeably draft boards, one of them being Marvin Jones. And so now I'm wondering if those guys are going to start to move up anymore. Now that you just, just for the simple fact that you take someone who was supposed to be an impactful part of the offense out of the mix. Yeah, I haven't honestly found myself drafting any of their wide receivers like emphatically. Uh, you know, if I, I've I've fallen into it a few times, uh, but I'm kind of wait and see. I don't know that this offense all of a sudden is going to become that explosive. Uh, I've just been kind of off on DJ Chark, just kind of you know, not want to say falling apart the past couple of years, but I, to me his stock has definitely fallen between injuries and just games where he just disappeared. Uh, Obviously, Chenault is, is kind of the guy that you're hoping takes the next step this year and, and kind of the lotto ticket of the group. And Marvin Jones is just, you know, Mr. Fairly Reliable PPR guy that you draft, you know, five rounds later than probably or three rounds later than probably his his value is. Wow. What what a life, guys. What a time to play some fantasy football. We talked about injuries that have occurred preseason games. Troutman got card off. We're dealing with Daryl Henderson with a slightly sprained thumb. We're dealing with knee injuries when it comes to A.J. Brown and now a little bit questionable. I mean, I know he's expected to be ready to start the season, but even that right now is in a little bit of question. So, guys, let's bring it all to the table here as we bring it home for the family table. Ryan, you just brought a big mouth bass of a piece of news to us regarding Travis Etienne and his lower body. Yikes. But what else are you bringing to the family table? Oh, as always, you know, you're always talking about the things, the side things I do. So I have the rock and roll tournament going right now, which is the Queen, Rolling Stones, Beatles, and Led Zeppelin song. Uh, so it's, it's, each bracket is one of those bands, and we'll see who is the all-time best uh, song out of those four. So go to fi- at Fighting Chance on Twitter to vote on that. And, of course, Fantasy Survivor coming soon. Uh, get a list. I, I've gotten huge. I think it's over, like, 100 people now, and I don't know how I'm going to handle this, but... Uh, the more the merrier. Let's keep it going. Next time on Survivor, James Can't Grande, wait. what are you going to be bringing to the table today? I'm going to keep it short and sweet. I already mentioned it, and I think it's a perfect timing for the ETN injury. Not not that there's ever a perfect timing, oh but um, stop. Please stop. I'm looking at you. You can't see me, but I'm looking at you. Stop touting yourself for being right about a player. Because of an injury. I'm never I'm wrong. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't go to the go to your Twitter and say, "Oh, I told you to draft James Robinson because great for you." You're literally relying upon someone else's downfall to do so. So great for you, and uh, good luck in uh, making it in this space being an a-hole. Yes, and if you hey, if you're gonna admit you're right, admit when you're wrong as well. That's how Correct. it goes. But you want to be legitimized in this industry, then that's how you do it. You can't always be right. Not everybody is perfect. We'd all be gazillionaires by now, and we are not. I'll tell you that much. What am I bringing to the table? And this is something that I saw on Twitter, and I talked about it actually on the radio last night, and I'll bring it up again here because I saw something that Stefania Bell, injury expert for ESPN, tweeted out about how she's – 
tweeters will often tag the player on some of her statuses and updates and will tag the player and be like, see? And it, it obviously offends the player and they're trying to cause drama. The bottom line is when it comes to fantasy football, leave the players out of it. Don't get at the players. Don't blame the players for not helping your fantasy team. I get it at the end of the day. Some of you have a lot of money on the line. You play high stakes. That doesn't mean you go after the player, especially personally on Twitter. What's that going to do for you at the end of the day? Oh, Johnny said I sucked. I'm going to go and be great. No, it doesn't do that. And I want (laughs) athletes, and to be honest with you, I want athletes to embrace fantasy sports. Because I like that when they embrace it. I don't want them to rebel against it. Teams already, I'll tell you this, as someone who worked in producing for fantasy sports radio for Sirius XM, these PR people, they really don't care about the individual aspect of the game. It's all about the team. I don't want to turn more athletes off the fantasy sports. I want to bring them in. But you guys out there that are going to blame the players for a poor performance, they know they sucked. They don't need you, Mr. Joe Schmo, telling them that they sucked, okay? They get it. They feel like crap. I have a crappy show, I move on. I don't need 20 people telling me, hey, you sounded like crap. Okay, I get it. You sound, it's the same thing with these athletes, okay? Leave them alone. Focus on your fantasy teams. And if your fantasy team sucks more often than not, it's because of you. Look at yourself in the mirror. It's not the player's fault and it's not on the players, James. You're smiling at me right now. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> I thought you were about to be like, ah, Fetzy, I don't know about that. But leave the players alone. Hey, come after us. That's what we're there for. That's why we got the cool jobs. So you guys can make us feel horrible. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's been a great time hanging out on the Family Times podcast. James, thank you so much for filling in, not only for me in recent weeks, but also for Matt Sells. And we'll have to have you back. And you can give James a follow for all of his content on Twitter at the underscore real underscore score grande james it's been fun hanging with you man thank you guys for having me and uh james robin james robinson rb1 season commence he's back here he is here he's never (laughs) left though at the end of the day and someone else who has not left ryan hallam the big brother himself just call him kyland because he's that dominant ryan (laughs) we appreciate you joining us as always and again thank you for all the contests that you make because when it comes to interaction in our space you're at the forefront man and we appreciate you I appreciate that. I just—it's just fun for me, and, and like I said, uh, people like tell me things suck and everything. Like it's—it's it's all in good fun. So uh, I, I look—I actually enjoy that. Yes, no, it's all, it's all that's what it's supposed to be because that's what we are. We're a family and families are supposed to have fun and families are going to win because the family that sticks together wins together. We always dominate no other option and all together getting right into your fantasy football drafts. We will win. <laughs>